I still don't know how they color with light. I want to do that someday. Hey, welcome, church family, to this place. Uh, good to see you. We've come to the place where hopes are renewed, where joy is found, where we can be at peace no matter what we have done or where we have been. Welcome, especially if you are new to this place. Welcome all visitors and guests. And to get things going this morning, I just want to share the principle that I believe goodness has an impact. If you've ever experienced someone being good to you, it's very memorable. It has an impact on the lives of others. In fact, I remember a time where, where this happened for me. Uh, I'm going to take you back uh, when I was a, a, lot, a lot more young and a lot less smart. Um, I was visiting Europe. My, my sister was in the Czech Republic, and I had a chance to visit Munich all by my lonesome. And uh, that was a, a trip filled with a lot of goodness, but also a lot of stupidity. Uh, for example, I booked a uh, hostel, and I chose the 13 room hostel. Uh, 13 people in one room. Smelled like feet. Not a good choice. Um, not only that, but as I got there, I forgot to change my currency into euros. So as they dropped me off early in the morning, I, I didn't have any money to spend, couldn't go anywhere. I was visiting during the middle of winter, and I was becoming very cold. Uh, so I had to somehow warm up without any money, and I ventured into a coffee shop. And I told them kind of reluctantly, sheepishly, you know, I don't have any money, but I'm really, really cold. Can I come in and warm up? And I'll never forget one young lady who said, yes, you can stay as long as you want, and also gave me a cup of joe. Goodness has an impact, doesn't it? Do you have a story like this? Maybe for you, you were on the side of the road, and everyone else was passing by, flying by, but there was that one person who stopped, that one person who helped you with a flat tire called AAA. Maybe for you, you needed money or a meal, and, and God used that gem of a person to show up right when you needed them. Maybe for you, you were struggling with someone, something. And, and instead of someone judging you or acting impatient, they listened and they helped as best they could. Yeah, goodness has an impact. In fact, I don't know if your life is anything like mine. I have these people who are good routinely, the regulars. And Lord, be praised for them. Lord, be praised for those who continually show up and do these good things. Now, this principle that goodness has an impact, it means a lot for our church. Because here we're on mission. And maybe some of you know the mission of our church. If you know it, you can say it with me. That we are here to reach the lost with the love of Christ. And I believe that in a watching world, wondering what we're all about. It's really our goodness that will translate. And don't just take my word for it, take Jesus' word. For, for Jesus, he said, he said in this verse, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So when it comes to our church, the first takeaway, it is our goodness that is most attractional. In fact, before we ever share the love of Jesus, before they're ever Christian, we are to shine the love of Jesus to many others. Andy Stanley, another pastor, he put it famously about the reputations Christians should have, um, that, that among unbelievers, Christians should have such a reputation that they say, I want to hire as many of them as possible, I want my kids to hang out with them, and I want my daughter to marry one, because that's how good they are. But the question as we've gathered this morning is, well, what does this goodness look like? What does it look like for us to shine our lights in the way that Jesus talks about? And I have a simple answer to this. That goodness will look crazy. It'll look not normal. 
It'll be different than how everyone else is describing good. And that's what we're going to explore today. See, we're in this series called Crazy Like Us, and we've, we've already taken a look at how crazy blessed looks different than the way the world calls blessed. And crazy in weakness is about rejoicing even in weakness, which is a, a crazy thought. So what is crazy goodness? Let's get into the Word of God. Uh, so today we're going to turn to the Sermon on the Mount from Matthew uh, chapter 5 and also chapter 6. I invite you to follow along either in the worship folder or on the screen. Here it says, If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you. Do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in synagogues and on street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. This is the Word of God that we get to consider. And uh, as we continue, instead of turning to your neighbor, uh, why don't you just join with me in prayer? Let's ask God to bless our discussion. So we pray, uh, Heavenly Father, we do believe you've called us as Christians to be lights on a hill. We don't know exactly what this looks like, but your Spirit can inform us. Lord, more than anything, give us a sense of peace that Jesus was perfect in our place. And from that victory, lead us forth. In Jesus' name, amen. So we get to dig into the Word of God. And as you're listening to the news this past week, I don't know if you heard anything about Luke Perry. Luke Perry. Uh, so he uh, had a stroke, and unfortunately, he uh, did lose his life. Uh, Luke Perry, I grew up with. I didn't watch the show, but I knew him from Beverly Hills, 90210. Anyone watch that show? A few? Okay. Some know. Um, now he's on a show called Rivendale. I, I, I've never seen it. Um, but um, the, the reason I bring up Luke Perry is because as he has passed, I'm hearing of all of the good things he did while he was alive. Uh, for example, I'll give you a story. There was one person, Colin Hanks, who was on a flight with Luke Perry. And there were two kids just going at it, screaming and brawling. You ever been on this flight? Those kids? Right. And out of nowhere, like a white and shining armor, comes Luke Perry, disguised in sunglasses and a hat, with two balloons. He hands off these balloons to the screaming children, and it works. Silence. No more screaming children. A tip for you, maybe you should bring two balloons on your next flight, just saying. And then who was this white knight, who was this person uh, handling that conflict? Luke Perry. Or I also heard that when Tennessee was experiencing some flooding, uh, here is Luke Perry handing out uh, food, getting water bottles, handing out clothing. And I don't know about you, but I love that there was hidden goodness. He might have had a public persona, but inwardly there were some good things he didn't shout about. Inwardly there were things going on we didn't know about until other people had to speak up and say when he was gone. And I guess the reason I love it is because so often the world does it differently. We perfect our outward persona and care little about our private life. 
Uh, we, we, we see people like a Ted Bundy, who is known for being attractive and nice in the public and was anything but in a private lifestyle. So how much better when we hear of hidden goodness, of someone who didn't trumpet it, didn't announce it, but he was just known for being good. The reason I bring that up is because that is what God is calling us to today. It's the crazy goodness Jesus was referring to. See, in our lesson in, in, in verse 4 of, of chapter 6, it says, See that your giving may be done in, say that word, in? Yeah. Thank you. I like the emphasis. That's great. And Jesus was setting up this, uh, the, the, the situation where giving in, in that time was a very public matter. Everyone was gathered at the synagogue, and apparently you could see what the wealthy gave, what the poor gave. In fact, Jesus and his disciples, even in one lesson, were, were watching, and they saw a widow put in more than anyone else. This was just a public thing to do. And God says, instead of, again, trumpeting this and, and making a display, better is to have some hidden goodness. That you don't need to tweet about, you don't need to put on Facebook. It's just the MO of who you are. And so when it comes to being crazy good, not just good, Jesus is leading us to see this first takeaway. That crazy good is not about what we do for show, but it's what we do in secret. Crazy good is not about a, a public persona as much as a private life. And what we're learning in, in this is that uh, our outward obedience should never outshine our inward devotion when it comes to the Lord. That's what God wants us to see. You know, I was reading about a character who did this right as the prophet Jeremiah. I don't know if you heard of Jeremiah. Um, I was reading this book called Running with Horses, which, which I recommend. And, uh, and Jeremiah, he, he was known in public for being hated, uh, for he had a hard job to do. He was preaching a word of punishment for the rebels, and, and people threw him in a cistern wanting him to die. They threatened his life. They put him in stocks. And while his public life was horrible, it didn't stop his private life of goodness. How he prayed to the Lord, how he was with the Lord. In fact, one of the takeaways from that book that I want to share with you is this, that what we do in secret determines the soundness of who we are in public. And so now it's time to look at our own lives. And I ask you, what's your private life look like? Who are you in secret? See, integrity is defined as who you are when no one's looking. A coach, John Wooden, he put it this way, that the true test of a man's character is what he does when no one is watching. And the question again I have is, in your secret life, is there anything you need to stop doing, keep doing, or tweak? Maybe there's something you need to stop doing, because honestly, if, if you knew someone was watching, if, if mom was there, you'd be kind of embarrassed, right? Those things, maybe we should work on stop doing. Maybe there are some things that you keep doing. Your generous heart, your spirit. And maybe there are just things that you should tweak. You're on a good path, but it could get better. As we look at our lives, this is what God is calling us to do. This is the crazy goodness of a Christian sold out for the cause of Jesus Christ. But at this point, we recognize again our imperfections. At this point, I just say, man, I, I hang my head. I don't have it all together. I'm a mess. What about you? At this point, we rally around the forgiveness again that Jesus has. Can I tell you about Jesus? 
If there's anyone who got it right, it was him. See, he didn't care about what people thought in public. In fact, at certain times, the Pharisees hated him, and he knew they were jealous. It didn't stop him from preaching and teaching a certain way. There were times where he'd preach a word, and, and the crowds would leave him. On Palm Sunday, they wanted him to be king, but he left the applause of the crowd to be denied, to be deserted, and ultimately to be crucified. If anyone got this dynamic right, while getting the private life, well, it was Jesus. And what was Jesus all about? More than public opinion, he was about the Father and the Father's will. And because of this, it led him to the cross so that you and I, who might feel guilty about a private life, you and I, who might feel guilty about things done in secret, could be set free. In fact, I want to remind you again, if you are feeling guilty, you have the right to be set free because of Jesus' finished work on your behalf, because of his perfect life, we have forgiveness. But you know, Jesus is not just our Savior today, he is also our example. In fact, uh, Jesus, uh, for those who are near him, was known for doing something in his private life. The Apostle Luke records this about what he was doing. Um, he records, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. I don't know if you've ever had someone in your life who is just known for having devotions in a certain time or in a certain spot. Those who are constantly meeting with the Father. This was before the, the day Jesus would give his life for us. And Luke says this was his usual practice. His private life was known to others. And what was he doing? We know after this he would seek the Father's will in the Garden of Gethsemane. And so Jesus shows us what a private life is supposed to look like, that the secret to a private life is prayer. It's to be in communication with the Father, talking to Him and hearing Him talk to us. How's your prayer life? Are you wondering what to do when you're away? Why not take some time and, and speak to your Father and hear from Him? Plan it and make a more regular habit. This is the secret to a powerful private life. But there's more about being crazy good. I don't know if you've never had this question, wondering how far should I go in my goodness? That happens to me when I'm driving. Have you ever been um, in the situation where you're stopped uh, for a light, and there's another lane of traffic that's looking to merge? How good is good supposed to be? Now, my natural inclination is to say I was here first. Good is zero because I made it, right? But if I want to stretch that, is good mean one person I let in? Is that good enough? Is good two people? Is good waiting for that whole side street to clear out as everyone else honks behind me? How good is good enough? Have you ever had different questions like this where kindness has limits? If I want to be good to my friends on my birthday, do I take one friend out, five friends out, ten friends out? If I want to be generous, we have a shoe donation. Um, is generous uh, one pair of shoes? Two pair of shoes, is it going to Ross, buying all their shoes and dumping them? How good is good enough? When we consider crazy good, and we look at the lens of God's word, I think this is one takeaway. Um, I think it is here. <clears throat> I apologize. Um, let's skip forward. <laughs> wow. 
There it is. It's about exceeding expectations. It's daylight savings time, isn't it? Wow. Wow. That was amazing. So I just skipped right to that, guys. You're welcome. I'm exceeding expectations as we speak. It's amazing. Awesome. It's going further. All right. And so how can we apply this? Well, as we look at the lens of God's word, um, look at what, what Jesus says. So if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Crazy good is about going so much further than what the norms are. I remember when this struck me, I was at a conference hearing about what another church had done. They were raising money to, to build wells in Africa. And for one whole system, it cost about $20,000. And so people were giving generously. They were giving 100 and 500 and 1,000. But there's one person who met with the pastor afterwards and says, I'm going to pop for a whole system. $20,000. That's crazy good. The pastor shared this word with the congregation, and soon enough we had three or four people saying, I'm going to pop for one, I'm going to pop for one, I'm going to pop for one. 20000 given away. That's crazy good. It reminds me of the words we considered in our first lesson. In the first lesson, we, we heard of Jews in Jerusalem who were in need. That's because as they turned to Christ, they weren't faring so well in the marketplace. And so other Christians in Corinth were, were taking a donation to try to meet that need. And we heard the response, what this was doing. In our first lesson, it said, the service you perform, it's not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it's overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. That's crazy good when people who are poor give to those in need and out of their poverty, supplying that. So now in our lives, is there any area where maybe you're just meeting expectations instead of exceeding them. Maybe right now you're really good at home. You're a good child. You're a good spouse. You're doing what's expected. But is there any way you can exceed those expectations? Maybe as you go to school or as you go to work, you're, you're doing what the boss says. You're, you're, you're meeting that requirement, clocking in, clocking out, but you know there's there's a greater avenue you could go to exceed those expectations. Maybe when it comes to generosity, there are some who are relying on God and giving the tithe and being generous donors. You're meeting an expectation, but there's a chance to exceed and go beyond. May the Spirit so compel us to see there are more opportunities to be the crazy good that God calls us to. And here again, we have an example in our Savior Jesus. Friends, he's the main attraction. And he's not just good, he's crazy good. See, good would have been living up to the name Savior and coming once. But crazy good is saying, I'm going to be with you always. Good would have been enough to suffer in our place. But crazy good is saying that when you suffer, I not only empathize, but I'll work it for your good. Good is getting a reward at the very end, but crazy good is how he rewards and awards us even in our daily lives. There are mercies that are new every morning. We have a crazy good God. Now to back up, 
and talk a little bit about a, a different subject. Let's talk a little bit about getting rewards for goodness. Maybe there are some moms or dads who have awarded a child for being good at home. If you do your chores, if you get good grades, here's the award or reward. Our society does the same, and it was a couple years ago that Bill and Melinda Gates were actually honored by the president. Uh, some of you may know they have a foundation where they've raised $36 billion uh, to help other people, whether it be with uh, medical care, whether it be with education, whether it be clean drinking water. And so in 2016, going way back, here it is, they were uh, rewarded uh, the Presidential Medal of Freedom. And that must have been a good day. I mean, put yourself in those shoes. What if the president uh, took some time and honored you for something you did well? That, that would be a, a great day if your name was publicized. But when we talk about crazy good, we're not seeking a presidential award or any award that man can give. Rather, what we're really considering is the award that only God can give. Back to verse 6, it sees, says, See that your giving may be done in secret, so your Father who sees what is done in secret. Now that should be a good word for some of you. Because some of you have questioned at one time or another, does kindness really pay? Nice guys finish last. Does anyone really see or is it worth it to be good in this paradigm? And God is saying, I have seen. It does matter. That effort was not wasted. In fact, in 1 Corinthians, we have this promise that we can give ourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know your labor in the Lord, it is not in vain. We have a Father who sees. And we also have a Father who rewards. This reminds me of like those who are crazy good at giving. Um, do you have someone who is always known for giving the good presence in your life? I have an aunt that I grew up with where it seemed like every time she just figured me out and gave me exactly what I wanted, right? It's like what Facebook does with analysis and giving you those ads and, and that word. It's like this aunt had, without the computer, that diagnostic test on me, and here it was, right? When it comes to what we could be given, there, there is a, a great giver. And there are less than givers. And the word of God would say today, you know, you might want people to recognize and you might want certain awards in this life, but, but there's a, a crazy better giver in this world. It is our Father. And so what being crazy good about, it, it's about holding out for God's reward. It's about saying, I know that, that people might not recognize me, but that's okay because God will award in His time and in His way. Now ultimately, this is a reward that will culminate in heaven. But every now and then, as you serve, as you pursue his will, as you are trying to be as good as, as he was to you, he will make it evident how he is rewarding or awarding. Every now and then, my, my wife and I are blown away by the grace of God in our lives. And, and it seems to be like there's this correlation for for how much we've done and, and pushed. And, and yes, it's still all grace. It's not contingent upon our activity. But every now, it's almost like the Father has seen exactly what, what just happened. Do you know what I'm talking about? I see some nods. This is our God. And I would tell you, I would take His reward and His award every time versus what anyone could give me. Do you want to be crazy good? 
Hold out for God's reward. You want to be crazy good? Exceed those expectations of what the world calls normal. See, crazy good is about getting to the end of our lives and having it known by the Father how many secret things we did for his sake. May the Spirit so empower you to be the crazy good we're talking about. Amen. Please stand.